Hi, this is Darren Docterman, one half of the Inglorious Trexperts, and we just want to encourage you to not only listen to the Inglorious Trexperts, but also listen to our sister podcasts, the 430 Movie and The Rebel and the Rogue and The Best Movies Never Made. We have so much for you to listen to on the Electric Surge Network, so give it a listen. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And I'm Darren Docterman, and we are the Inglorious Trexperts. On the next episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation, a tragic accident exposes the crew to a savage alien race. Crusher Enterprise, medical emergency. Riker leads a secret mission to save a dying team member. Riker, stop! We will keep Troy captive. But Picard must sacrifice his life for Troy. He will kill me. Mother, no! On Star Trek, The Next Generation... This week, no, I'm, I'm pausing so people can listen to the clip. This week, on, on just a moment of respectful silence for our <laughs> fallen crew, for our honored dead. This, honor dead. this <laughs> week, we're talking about best Star Trek podcasts. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. We, but we do have a special guest back with us, Ashley Miller. You know him as a guest from Inglorious Trexperts. <laughs> <laughs> The 430 movie, and also a writer uh, for such movies as Thor, X-Men First Class, and uh, he was a writer-producer on Lore, Fringe, and Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Which you keep getting right, which I just love. <laughs> I, I, I've been working on it really hard. <laughs> Next, I'm going to try and get uh, Jesko von Putkama right. You just did. Did I? <laughs> Holy cow. Whoa, it's like you're two baby. for two. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm doing it, baby. I'm doing it. And, Soon and here, I'm going to have a fifth the, grade vocabulary. Here on the day that I'm wearing my Jessica von Puttermaker shirt. That's the best. I love that you're wearing a Jessica Van Pottermaker. For those of you not familiar who haven't been uh, mainlining uh, the uh, the episodes, um, I, I once called, uh, yes, the, the science advisor on Star Trek The Motion Picture, Jessica Van Pottermaker, much like the popcorn, and uh, it hilarious. has stuck ever since. So I, I didn't quite get... And if you want a t-shirt for Jessica Von Pottermaker, visit uh, ingloriousTrexperts.com. You too can wear this... You too. Because, you know, it's not like wearing a shirt that says Kirk or Picard with a smiling face on it. This This is... This is the deep cut of a deep cut. That's right. Like only somebody like Homer Frizzell or Boots Miller, you know, would be cool enough to wear this shirt and and get it because they would own it. They, people would be like Jessica von Pottermaker. What's what, that? what is that? Is that oh, popcorn? It's an old show we used to watch. Yeah, back in the day. It's like a really. That's the thing about. That's the thing. I was at Galaxy's Edge last week. And it was like I was looking for like a really cool Star Wars shirt, right? And they all said like Rise of Skywalker, you know, or I'm with the Resistance. It's like I was looking for something that was like sort of cool, you know, that was like different. And it's the same thing with Star Trek. You know, he's like Picard, yeah. you know, or Enterprise or a bunch of face. I was like, I'm not wearing any of that stuff. It's like I want something that's kind of hip. So uh, I guess I shouldn't be wearing Star Trek and Star Wars. So yes, you know, perhaps you should visit the Inglorious Trexperts site because I, I think I will. We have other things on there. There are I, many fine products at the Inglorious many Trexperts. Many such site. t-shirts. Many are possible. such t-shirts are possible. Let me be your gateway. Yeah, because you know I like a, you know I like a nice black t-shirt as much as the other sure. person. 
Since your sun has burned hot in the sky, I have I awaited, awaited an online, an online order. order. <laughs> and I want to apologize here, but I just realized I have not put my water in the glass, so I'm making noises. Put so the I'm water put in the glass. The water in the glass. <laughs> the water is in the glass. So that way I will no longer make any that noises. Is while... one glass. <laughs> well, that, that actually is a great segue into what we're talking about today. You know, um... Basically, it's no secret that CBS All Access is launching Star Trek Picard. What? Uh, this uh, this January, I believe. January twenty third, I believe. January twenty third, wow. which will uh, take us back to the twenty fourth century with uh, Captain Picard and find out what happened after all good things or after insurrection. Not insurrection. After Nemesis. Nemesis. Right. 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 After Nemesis. Ten twenty years after, after Nemesis. Insur Nemesis. We thought it might be the ideal time to talk about the essential Picard episodes. Sure. Essential Picard episodes. And we've Spoiler had a lot alert, of really Nemesis won't be one of them. We've had a lot of really great <laughs> a lot of really <laughs> no. great guests on lately and we thought it was time to do sort of a deep dive into uh, some episodes because we hadn't done that in a while and people seem to like that. So Sure, whatever you like. So uh, so like. we're going to talk about when do we do Star Trek versus Star Wars? You know, we've done that on uh uh the Starship Smash Smashdown Smashdown Smash 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 Smurf Yeah, but make a T-shirt of that. Smurfdown. Can I ask you? Because this episode is going to um, stream sometime in November. So my question is: We're getting dangerously close to December seventh. Yes. You know, Pearl Harbor Day, uh, and uh, also the release date, 40th anniversary. What should we do on December seventh? 1979, uh, <laughs> We should travel back to uh, Pearl Harbor on the USS Nimitz and... It's the final uh, countdown. <laughs> so, no, I would like to know, I would like to know, what should we do for to commemorate this, this 40th anniversary? Well, commentary. Put, put me on the spot. You know, a commentary is not a bad idea. Should we do a live commentary yeah. for Star Trek The Motion Picture? Recorded live. Yeah, recorded. Yeah, recorded live. Yeah. yeah. That might be interesting. Yeah, I, I in character say, as we were in 1979. So <laughs> <laughs> I will be playing eight-year-old me. That's right. I will be. Right, I'll be right back. <laughs> gotta go. Here I am again. I gotta pee. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, no, I. I you want to do that? We should talk about that. Let's do that. Yeah. Or it's probably not enough time to do a stage reading of Star Trek: The Motion Picture. A staged reading? Yeah. Get a bunch of actors together. I would love. We to have do a lot that. of actor friends. Sure. Got a lot of people who are always favorites. And uh, I was just talking when we did our um, our Rekha Sharma episode. I said, you know, we're thinking of doing a Starfleet Academy, Academy years, you know, a stage reading. Would you be interested? And she's like, absolutely. That's awesome. So it's like, I maybe Jeff Combs would By do By the it. way, yeah. I loved her. She, she was, was great. She was awesome. Wasn't she great? Yeah, absolutely. I loved her too. What a great personality. Yeah. She's yeah. plucky. And in fact, we're so pressed for time with work that we're now using Glorious Trexperts to cast our shows. It's like, <laughs> Jeff Combs, hey, you were great on Inglorious Glorious Trexperts. How about you want to go do Pandora? Like, right. You know, what's, what's this What's I think this he's done like thing? both of our shows at this point. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, he's getting, you know, he's on a show we can't talk about. I have not cast any shows using this podcast because that would be improper, but in I my think, opinion. I, yeah, I mean, you, you have no show to cast, but it you has go the around of never having anyway. tried. <laughs> but you should, um, if we do a stage reading, you should be in the stage reading. Well, I would hope so. Yeah. As all the characters. Yeah. Play all the parts. I can play all the parts. You can play the Enterprise. It's, it's the height of hubris, but I think I, I, I think I can do it. I wish we had thought of doing the stage reading of Star Trek The Motion Picture earlier because then I think it would have been really good to put together a charity reading and really do something cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we have enough time now to do something really cool 
But we could do it for the podcast. We could totally do something half-assed. Let's do something. <laughs> we could totally do something half-assed. Yeah. Oh, my God. In fact, That's a great idea. The half-assed staged reading of Star Trek The Motion Picture is the official title now. Okay, so let's talk about it. So, so we have, we have to, the, the role of Kirk. Right. Who would be good for Kirk? When I did Star Trek Four, we had uh, Mary Stuart Masterson as Kirk, which was great, but I don't want to repeat myself. So, we, you know, we, we got Kirk, Spock, Ilya... But Chase would be good for Alia. No, me, Rika would be great. Rika, Rika I was, would be. I was thinking while yeah. she was here, if she'd shaved her head, she would make an amazing Delton. Wow. Yeah, and her celibacy oath is on file. Well, with, that's so, a given. Um, but uh, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Alia, um, Decker, Decker. Decker's Decker unit. unit. Like Decker uh, unit? Yeah. Um, well, you know, there's there's the whole cast, basically. Yeah. The whole, <laughs> really, all the parts. I love this idea. Wow, wouldn't that be? Wouldn't Who's that be, be Rand? There's nothing you could have done. You she know has, she has you know one line. Be? The guys on Epsilon Nine. Yeah, we should. That's <laughs> who we should because you need really bad actors. So it would be Ashley and I would be on Epsilon Nine. But but oh we would add all that stuff. We'd sure. add a bunch of lines. Oh sure. no! <laughs> There's a funky bass line off the starboard bell. <laughs> What can it be? I'm picking up Klingon signals. <laughs> Put them down. You don't know where they've been. <laughs> I, I don't remember the safe word. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I have to tell you, I, you know, I, I don't, I, look, I don't like to talk about my, my show too much on our show because it's about Star Trek, but you, you, you pick, you mentioned that. I have to tell you something really funny happened because we, we shoot our show in, in Bulgaria and there was um, a point in which in the script they said uh, a character drops his avuncular disposition, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the prop man comes over to me and says- Thought they were pants. With, with this long tube that, that <laughs> electrifies and says, is this the avuncular disposition? <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I said, no, it's not. <laughs> no, you should have grabbed and says, now it is. <laughs> See, the second draft's always better. Oh, my but, goodness. Uh, Siri attempted to process that question, by the way. <laughs> she said, I really wanted to Tonight's do episode, the, the avuncular disposition. disposition. How would and how by long would Jessica Star Trek the motion picture be as a reading without all the special effects? Not long. 40 minutes. Now stop. <laughs> You know, I'm ready to cancel this whole freaking thing. <laughs> Actually, the best part is we could just have silences for where the special effects should be, and just a podcast. Just listen to the silences for. You're a funny, funny man. <laughs> a funny guy, funny like how? I think it would probably be like an hour. Indeed. Probably been like an hour. Yeah, yeah. Could we write the Admiral Nagura scene? Could we? You're a revered the, Admiral Nagura. The Admiral yeah. Nagura scene exists. It's in the novel. That's true. Oh, so we could pull that. deleted deleted oh, scenes from God. the novel. Oh shoot! There's one problem. My writer's assistant just got another job. You have an assistant who can actually put these scripts together. Hello, um, assistant. But uh, well, the scripts are online. Are the they? script exists online? Oh, well, there you go. There you go. Um, that'd be really cool. Who would play Admiral Nagora? John Kim. John Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Typecast. Rafe okay. Needleman. Um, Rafe Needleman yeah. as Admiral Nogura. Oh my, oh my God. You know, I would That's lo- not a terrible idea. I, if we had more time, I would actually want to go to uh, Paramount and try and do it officially so that we could do it as a charity thing. Because, we, you know, if we're going to do it, we can't charge money right. for it, you right. know. So um, it's probably just going to be on the podcast. Just for the podcast. It's, it's just for the podcast. We don't have enough mics. What we should do, well, we should do it like old time radio. Right. Have a couple standing mics, uh-huh. and we have you know all the all the cast waiting around 
until their time. Then they go up to the mics and they do the thing like old time radio. Oh, that's interesting. I like it. And that way we can invite all the guests we've had on Inglorious Trexperts to participate. To participate. Isn't that a great way to celebrate Star Trek the Motion Picture? I think you? that would be That's better us doing a bunch of, of dopey commentary because we've said it all. Yeah. Oh, the scene with the Klingons is great. There are Klingons oh, in did it. Did you see on the internet that there was a it fired again and we didn't see it? Unless we get Beecher? super high and do the commentary. And and, and, and then it's us. like, "Oh, we, we love the scene where the door closes in front of Captain Kirk." Yeah, I know you said it 8 times on the <laughs> podcast. So it's like um so it'd be like this would be something different. It would be very would. different. And and you folks listening at home, you're listening on the the beginning of this new life. We have form. literally not discussed <laughs> We've witnessed any of this a birth. until we discussed the I hope we've given I've it's been a long time since I've delivered a baby. I hope we've given this a good one. Um that would be really cool. I just don't know if we could put it together quickly enough. I think we can. I think we can do it. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's not worry about how quickly you can put it together. Just put it together. Well, I mean, it's almost November, and it's a month away. And, you know, if it comes out later than December 7th? No, it has to be December 7th. Well, No. December 7th. We can always say we did it on December 7th. No, it has to come out on December 7th. That's the whole point. That's what the Japanese said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Hirohito says... It has to be December 7th because that's when we have cloud cover and all the ships are going to be in Pearl Harbor. <laughs> cloud cover? Yeah, we're going to need cloud cover. 82 AUs in diameter. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to talk about Picard or not? Uh, clearly, any way we can find a circle back to the original series. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's just, sure, well, we can talk about Picard, but this is so much more fun right can, now. Can I, I got to tell you, so I'm... <laughs> Pre-celebrating. I, I, I was, I guess, lecturing at NYU a couple weeks ago when I was in New York. And we were talking. And somehow it came up. I asked the people in the class. I said, you know, what are you watching? You know, they, all the usual answers, all the Netflix shows, Stranger Things, Stranger Things, all that. So I get to to a couple of people, original Star Trek. And I was like, I mean, they, they had to be like 20, 21 years old. Were they ringers? No. This, was Her name was Zizu or something. It wow. was like she was named after a Louis Maul movie. There is no Dana, and, only uh, Zizu. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 she um not Steve Zizu. No. <laughs> and 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 she was telling me just how much she loves the original show. Well, God bless her. And it was just like and I was so fascinated by these millennials who were like who got it. And it was like you're not going to tell me because it's cheesy, right? She's like, no, because it's great. Wow. And I was just like, I was like, thank God. Maybe there is hope for the future after That all. was exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly my point, that this doesn't die with us. Don't let it die with us. <laughs> Maybe you bring in Zira to read the... Uh... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Zira. Zira is a whole nother franchise. But um, I really... Um, uh, I, I just I look. I think I thought it was great. I was so it was great that because I do feel like um, you know, especially you know, you feel all this nostalgia now for next generation. Which we look, we are we all love next sure. generation, but that there is a sense that the 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 original show is starting to you know fall by the wayside a little bit. You know uh, that JJ uh, ten years ago honored the original show with. Uh, that's one way of putting it, uh, of, uh, you know, with the, with the movie. And that, uh, you know, now there's all this, you know, sense of nostalgia around the, the next generation. 
And, you know, what is the future of the original series? And uh, so it was nice. It was nice to see somebody young. And, and I like and, to think that the J.J. movie honored the original series much the same way that a piece of Silly Putty honors a comic strip in the newspaper. Oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, all I'm saying is, you know, it could have been an original, it could have, uh, original uh, Star Trek adventure. It could have been, you know, but they chose to go back to, whatever you think of it, they, they chose, chose to the go danger. back to Kirk and Spock and McCoy. Sure. And I'm saying, like, that's the iconic Star Trek. And I don't know if that's always going to be the case, you know. Right. Is the iconic Star Trek going to be next generation in 10, 20 years? Well, let us both take steps to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> Let's take steps to keep it that way. Um, okay. So, um, anyway, what is this episode? What are we talking about? about? Picard. I Pickard. Think, oh, Mr. Pickard. The, Mr. Pickard. The, the, the essential Picard. So, anyway, we'll get back to you on this whole Star Trek, the motion picture, um, uh, live podcast, simulcast, whatever the hell it is. Um, <laughs> In Censoro. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be the subwoofer channel? It'd be like 1.1. He's not even going to be able to mix in stereo. We're just going to keep it in mono. And Darren will go, and we'll get a theremin. Oh, we should bring a theremin in. No. No, no, it's not a theremin. Blaster beam. We need to, we need to do something for V'ger. We need to do some kind of spring sound or whatever. Blaster beam. You can't bring in the blaster beam. For Why not? Okay, well, Doesn't maybe somebody we have can. one. Well, yeah, the guy who has the only one. Yeah, Aldous Huxley. Oh, Craig Huxley. <laughs> Craig, <laughs> Craig Hundley. Craig Hundley. Craig Seek out strange new brave new worlds. Although, he, with Aldous Huxley. He did go by the name Craig Huxley. Thank you. For a while. So I'm not crazy. He, well, you are crazy, but not <laughs> but, because of that. Yeah. Crazy like a fox. Um <laughs> Oh, I don't know what goodness. I don't know what we're doing. We had like a couple of great shows. <laughs> this this episode is titled "Off the Rails." Off the rails. A Off Picard the rails story. Picard. That's <laughs> Picard story. So look, look seriously. It's all about a French guy with a British accent. That's well, right. that's where it goes off the rails, right there. You're casting uh, this French uh, starship captain with a British man. Right. Um, I mean, first of all, he's French. Look, let, let, let's stop and let's just talk. Uh, Patrick Stewart. Brilliant casting choice. Brilliant casting choice for the role of Picard. I mean, uh, for those of you who followed the casting of this, it had really come down to two people. It was um, Patrick Stewart and and Gene's choice, which was Stephen Mocked. Stephen right. Mocked had been in Galaxina, and I've actually worked with Stephen. Fascinating guy. Really nice guy. He's studying to be a rabbi right now. Um uh, and uh, he had been at Cagney and Lacey, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he was uh, Gene's uh, pick for uh, for Picard. And it was Berman, to his credit, that really championed, and Justman, but let's give Bob Justman yeah, his Bob due, Justman, yeah. um, uh, who was championing Patrick Stewart. And in fact, it got to the point where Patrick auditioned with a wig right. because Gene famously said, my captain will not not have hair, you know? Right. Or at so, least visibly not, right. not have hair. I say, that's ironic. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Really? Do we need to go there? Yes. You brought it up. I'm just saying, he said my <laughs> captain won't have hair. So he had them, Patrick, audition in a wig right. that was sent over. Uh, you know, they spent a lot of money for this right. wig. 
and it looked like a tribble, ludicrous. like a giant tribble on his yeah. head. And uh, they always knew that you know, like that this wig was going to go. Um, and anyone who's seen the pictures of him auditioning in this, where no wig had gone before, it's insane. Um, and then you know, early other choices were uh, Yafakoto was someone else who turned down the that role. That would have been fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been really interesting. Yavakoto, of course, played Kananga in Live and Let Die, and in Alien, he played uh, um, uh, Parker. Uh, Parker in Alien. Uh, it would have been really interesting to Yavakoto, uh, you know, when we look the, the the what if of Star Trek. Mr. Data, I want to talk about the bonus situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> And I think they had talked to Yafakoto again for Deep Space Nine for mm. Cisco, where he also turned them down. Because he had had a bad experience on Homicide. Right. And he's great you in Homicide. You mean the show? Yeah, the yeah. show. Yes. Because he's great in Homicide, but yeah. he um, uh, he didn't like the fact that he didn't have much input into the scripts. And he got really frustrated and he left the show mm. because he didn't feel that the producers were listening to him. So he had no interest in doing TV again. Right. I feel as though he was up for uh, Zephram Cochran. In first contact, like I remember hmm. reading some insane story about that. He might have been. Um, there were a lot of people they were talking to. I mean, Tom Hanks was they were talking about really? for, right. for uh, Zephyr Cochran, which would have been really interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it it doesn't matter. But my my perception of Zephyr Cochran in that movie is is that they were just. Uh, doing Gene Roddenberry. Yeah, no, no, I know you said that before, yeah. and I, I tend to agree with you. I have to say that, um, it's funny, I was watching Midway the other day with mm-hmm. my son, and Glenn Corbett was in it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, is that from I'd never seen him in anything else. In anything else. And yeah. it was like so cool. This, this is, and at first I was like, and he's just as one note as ever. So one note. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, like, and it took me a second, score. I'm like, wait a second, who is that? Oh my God, it's Glenn Corbett. And it was like, it was, you know, and it was great, and then he died. <laughs> but I knew he would live again. Right. Um, but it was uh, it was really funny to see. Remember, it's always it funny when you see these people out of context. But you know, the other thing about Midway is Tashir Mafuni is in it. Sure. But he's dubbed with the voice of Paul Frees oh, doing yes. a Japanese accent. And it's really, oh, a, I mean, it, like, you know, millennials would be really offended. Uh, I was mildly offended. Right. But millennials would be outraged. So that and also would have been a terrible casting idea for Captain Picard. To share with Mufuni? Yeah. With Paul Frees' yeah. voice. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or the best casting It was so idea. funny because in like the mid-70s, <laughs> even as like a, whatever, I was eight years old or whatever, I knew Midway was a terrible movie. And now it looks like a masterpiece yeah. compared to the movies they're making today. Yeah. I like watched Midway with, uh, and it was like, it was like, hey, this movie's not awful. This <laughs> is Kind of entertaining. I, we, we didn't really need the story about the, the half-baked story about um, Charlton Heston's kid who's marrying a Japanese girl that goes nowhere. Right. But uh, otherwise, it, it's not awful. Well, uh, hopefully when the Picard show comes out, <laughs> yes. no one will say that it's awful. And I, I don't I don't know what it's going to be like. I, I worked for several months over this past uh, uh, year uh, on the Picard show. Uh, Star Trek Picard, as they're calling it, funnily enough. Um, and I, I did a bunch of stuff on it, but I have no idea in what context this stuff appears. Yeah. Well, um, I, they're, they're, very care- they're very careful about partitioning off people sure. to, you know, keep everything uh, secret and safe. Yeah, understandably so. But 
I think that the spirit behind it is a good thing, and I and I hope that it comes across as a uh, a loving sort of depiction and a continuation. And I think that's what they're going for. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, we always go into these things wanting them to be great. Absolutely. I will never, like, ahead of time say, oh, I don't think this is going to be good. Like, I'm really excited about Picard. Until I see it, I have nothing but high expectations. Yeah. Um the the thing uh, that does the only thing that that I would say concerns me as it always does is I felt that the Star Trek movie started to go off the rails when the cast got too much right. input. You mm-hmm. know, when as soon as Patrick and Brent started to call the shots is when those movies get really bad. Right from you know insurrection bad. Uh, Nemesis is a train wreck, right. and I'm concerned with Picard that Patrick might have too much input. Now, I don't, I'm not basing that on anything, right. and I'm not saying that I expect it to be anything but great. I'm just saying that always is worrisome to me, right. uh, and and I hope that that's not the case here. Um, Actors, although, don't trust them. Don't believe them. Although that's it is right. taking... No, which isn't to say, like, Robert Shaw had great ideas. Yeah, he was a playwright. He was Robert Shaw. <laughs> he was brilliant. You know, I'm not saying that actors shouldn't have input. I'm saying, you know, you know, Leonard, in a lot of ways, was super helpful to the Star Trek franchise. I think if they come at it from the right place of understanding the bigger picture and not just their character. Right. You know, um, you know how does Marlena want to fit in right. you know it's kind of like frankly I don't care how Marlena wants to fit in <laughs> uh, so I, I think that you know a, a, you know, an actor who has the right perspective can be enormously helpful 100%. and a fantastic partner um, but if they're only thinking about you know bullshit you, bullshit bullshit because it, it starts yeah. Yeah. you know you mean if they're only thinking about number one <laughs> <laughs> because it, it even starts to happen look uh, we all I think like first contact here but you start to see you know uh, you know Patrick wanting to be John McClane when mm-hmm. that's not how that character was conceived you know and I get it because he's number one on the call sheet and he wants to be you know badass but you know and it kind of works for first contact but um, you know that's not what the Picard character right. is supposed to be and I think a, a lot of it in the later movies were the sort of uh differing directions that uh, Brent and uh, Patrick, Sir Patrick, had uh, that might have conflicted with one another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that might have contributed a lot to the fact that they don't work as well as we think they should. Sure. Right. Um, I don't think that Brent had any input at all on the new show. No, none. He, 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 you know, because they were just, he was happy to have a job. Yeah. Um, You know, whereas... When you get to, um, you know, insurrection and nemesis, they were kind of the height of their powers uh, yeah, in terms absolutely. of having clout there. Absolutely. Um, you know, nemesis was pretty much, you know, the hiring of John Logan. That whole thing was a product of Brent and Patrick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had a director who knew nothing about Star Trek, so there was no pushback. Right. right. Um, and uh, that was a real problem. No checks and balances. No checks and balances, much like we have these days. So um, it was a real issue. And I think that um, it'll be interesting because on Picard, you don't really have a lot of people there who live, breathe, and eat Star Trek. Although, you know... Although uh, I think there are more on that show than, than there, there are, are on Discovery. the other show. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I hope that, you know, because Michael Chabon is a big fan of Star Trek. Huge fan. Uh, so, uh, and obviously a super talented guy. Um, so that gives me a lot of optimism yeah. as well. Um, you know, I didn't watch his short trek yet, so I don't know if that's any good. I guess he just did a short trek. To... I, I, I watched it. 
and my mother told me never to talk about things in that understood yeah. um but uh but you know obviously Shaban is a is a really smart guy and the fact that he loves star trek is 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 great so it'll it'll be interesting and then there's the one uh, the woman who is the novelist Kristen Beyer I mm-hmm. guess who wrote a lot of star trek novels or voyager novels is um, it, I thought she was on I think she's on Picard too isn't she is she I think I, so I think so okay yeah and uh you know I can't keep track of who's on those staffs because it keeps changing so yeah. much yeah um but uh, and then Akiva is on Picard also, I think. Yep. Yep. So anyway, we're, 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 we can't yeah. wait for this. Yeah. Look, it's Picard. Uh, uh, it's, you know, it'll be nice old home week. We get to yeah. see a lot of uh, beloved characters. Um, and it's know, certainly being given the top treatment. A lot of money, a lot yeah. of promotion. Yep. Yeah. Look, we're, we're you know like everybody. I think we're really excited to see these characters. Um, you know, it's really nice that after uh, Nemesis sort of made a botch of it. There's a chance to hopefully rectify, uh, you know, because all good they things are so wonderful. Um, to, to, That's true. Yeah. So, okay. Well, we're you know we're here uh, to talk kind of about you know if you're if you're a fan of the original, not really that familiar with uh, uh, Next Generation, or a fan of Enterprise, Voyager, Discovery, you know, who don't who not really familiar with Next Generation. I don't know who that is or why you're listening to the show, but we're especially this hopefully, episode. Hopefully by now you would have shut it down and, and gone on to something. Oh, else. I think most people have shut it down by now. <laughs> shut um, it down. Shut it down. Shut it all down. <laughs> but we want to talk about I don't know if it's our fa- we're not really going to talk about our favorite Picard episodes, but more so the essential, essential Picard yeah, episodes. Right. It's stuff to understand the character, understand why this is an iconic character to understand uh, Picard's place in the Star Trek universe. You know, it's just like I would say for me, if I was doing the essential Kirk, uh, you know, there are episodes that I don't love that I believe should be on that list. Like, don't mention, with... don't mention any of them because we're going to have essential Kirk episodes we are? Uh, later. Can we do that now? No, we oh, cannot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not exactly prepared. Uh, but um, <laughs> No, really? <laughs> but the Kirk I could do off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, no. Let, let look. Let's let's. Uh, we're going to talk about Central Picard again. That's not the best Picard episodes. It's the episodes that give us the greatest insight into mm-hmm. this character to prepare us for Star Trek Picard coming to CBS All Access in January, right. um, and and Amazon, I believe, uh, after that, and uh, internationally, internationally to Amazon, it's on uh, Amazon. Yeah. which is interesting because of course um, Discovery was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So you can only imagine how much money Amazon spent to buy uh, uh, Picard. Well, I, I'm sure it was uh, I'm sure it was a big check, but luckily they have big bank accounts. Uh, they do, and, and most of that's from us uh, ordering uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Catler. Um, okay, so uh, I, cash I, I, I just want to start it out with the pilot. I think that uh, um, Encounter at Farpoint. Encounter at Farpoint is uh, pretty much the only time we're we're actually hearing Picard's thoughts. Tonight, the 24th century begins. Welcome to the Enterprise. In a special world premiere movie, Star Trek, The Next Generation. Ready for departure, sir. Engage. 78 years have passed since the days of the original USS Enterprise. Now a new galaxy starship has been designed with a new team of highly skilled Federation explorers. Starfleet Captain Jean-Luc Picard, Commander Riker, Executive Officer, Chief Medical Officer Crusher, and her brilliant son, Wesley, Lieutenant Commander Data, an android, the telepathic Troy, 
Jordy, a man with unique vision, Security Officer Yar, and Klingon Officer Worf. Shields and deflectors up, sir. Go to yellow alert. Their first mission, investigate a new star base on planet Deneb 4. Thou art directed to return to thine own solar system immediately. A hostile alien threatens the crew. Now go back, or thou shalt most certainly die. But they're determined to finish their mission. Arm aft photon torpedoes. Place them on ready status. Hostile is now beginning to overtake us, sir. Together, they stand trial before a merciless court. You will now answer to the charge of being a grievously savage race. Now, they have 24 hours to uncover the secrets of a strange world. They're firing on far points, sir. The classic legend begins an all-new adventure. Let's see what's out there. Star Trek, the next generation. His his captain's log goes through several sections in that episode, and we get to we get to see how he's reacting to his new command. We get to um, see him uh, sort of uh, bump up against Riker a little bit, and uh, and at least this sort of proto version of the Picard character is really interesting, and I think it's a lot sort of harder edged than it actually wound up being mm. later in later seasons um and i i kind of wanted to see it progress along those lines because he was sort of a he was he Ronnie was, Cox. he was kind of an asshole yeah um and i liked that because it was unlike certainly unlike captain kirk it was unlike uh the sort of commanding type person that we'd seen in star trek before certainly and he doesn't trust the crew he's constantly challenging them with questions and things he's testing them yeah. because he doesn't know their capabilities yet right and he he yells at wharf and uh you know but who doesn't well <laughs> well if wharf wasn't such an idiot sometimes you wouldn't have to yell at him that's right um but i think his his dealing with q right out of the bag is um really good and it's some really strong moments in just the first episode sure so it, yeah i'm sorry oh, I, just, go ahead. I just want yeah. to say that you know just for the fans it's interesting to note the fact that um the q stuff hadn't been in dc fontana's right. original script and it was gene who came and added the bookends with q right which later you know she criticized the q stuff because she felt as though it was gene's attempt to um pad it to so that he right. would get, you know, co credit on the on the pilot and for sure. money and everything. And that it was a Trelane thing. But the best stuff in that episode is the Q stuff. And obviously it's that's certainly a the character. most interesting part. Because the, the the mystery of Farpoint Station itself is kind of it's a little flat. And sort of the character of uh the Groppler, Groppler Zorn Groppler and Zorn. Uh, and you know the the bowl of apples is fascinating, but it's a little flat, and all the dealings on the planet surface is kind of uh, a, a little stayed. Yeah. Um, but a... uh, you know, the, the the wraparound is it's it tells of a certainly a bigger universe going on and bigger happenings that Ooh. aren't just this one little thing on Farpoint Station. It's certainly fascinating as a as a pilot. In how it introduces that character, and as you say, he he evolves into into something else. I I will say that the things that I liked about that pilot were mainly the small moments rather than the the big stuff. Um, you know, I I thought that the uh, the the story on the on the planet Farpoint Station was kind of a dumpster fire. Like my my give a shit level was just 
mm-hmm. solo and all that. Um, and I didn't, I didn't love the Q wraparound. Mm. Um, although I, you know, I look, I love John Delancey. I was mm-hmm. lucky enough to have him in the booth a few weeks ago, and he was amazing. Yes, dude. the booth, amazing. <laughs> the booth, the big booth, right? Can't tell you what it is, but he was in the booth, and he was amazing. <laughs> Um, and he's just terrific and a, and a lovely human being. You're agonizer. <laughs> right? But, uh, yeah, <laughs> that booth. Full duration, um, Mr. Delancey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I know, I think my issue with Picard from the outset was I hated, I mean, and this is a common feeling and perception, I hated we surrender. On the other hand, what I dug was... He was French. Yeah, he was French. <laughs> right. oh, what I, what yes. I dug was, you know, they've given me a ship with children on board, Will. And right. since a captain is supposed to, you know, project an air of congeniality, you're to see that's what I project. And yes. I'm like, okay, yeah. I kind of like that's him. That's a great yeah. line. It is yeah. a great yeah. line. So that was like, that was, I was like, all right, I'm going to give this Picard cat a little bit of time because that was cool. Mm-hmm. The surrender thing... We're going to have to talk about... My God! Two episodes later, I think he surrendered again right. to the Ferengi mm, right. of yeah, all right. people. Yeah, no. And how many times did he actually try and destroy the ship? That's right. Several. Yes, many. Oh, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's destroy the ship. <laughs> like, I, I think it's so fascinating that, you know, knowing the context of when he got cast... You know, he was already older. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, had done, you know, Shakespeare. He'd done, you know, a lot of these big British films where he was a minor supporting character. Right. He's a seasoned. Um, uh, seasoned. He's a hell of a thing and, to say and, about a man. So, uh, you know, and he really thought he was doing 13 episodes and done. Right. You know, and this, this like this first run syndicated sci-fi show. It's like, you know, in the shadow of uh, this, this beloved Star Trek. He really thought he'd do 13 or 22 episodes and he's going back. I don't think he even packed a suitcase. You know, right. I don't think he got an apartment in L.A., you know. Oh, he was living out of suitcases. So, um, and, you know, the crew, the cast talks about... Um, you know how difficult he was, how how full of right. himself he was, and even Patrick later on said, "What a pompous ass I was." Right. And and it's so interesting because you could see that in the character right. that he's very stiff and regimented, and how the character, how the other characters responded to him. Yes, mm-hmm. and yeah. how that changed over time, which is 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 fascinating. Where he starts to loosen up. That's why I think that in all good things, when he sits down with them and starts to play cards, it's such a great. Uh, it's a, it's a great end, end to yeah. the, the you're always arc. welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, why why, is, why it's so effective? So um, th- that's an interesting choice, and in a way, I, I would agree that it's essential because it really is the start of his journey in so many yeah. ways. Yeah, and and it is a way to track, you know, wherever he ends up in Picard. Absolutely, you could start from from here. So uh, really, 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 and again, not on your best Picard episodes, I'm sure. No, 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 not at all. But essential indeed. Um, I would say for my pick for essential Picard, I would have essential to go oils. with what the essential oils of Picard. The essential oils of Picard. <laughs> he, he lubes up his render the head, his it. bald pate. Um, uh, I would say family. Next time on Star Trek: The Next Generation, Picard faces his most difficult mission: the long journey home. I seem to have made a rather disturbing discovery. A family reunion takes a twisted turn. What the devil happened to you up there? Turning brothers into bitter rivals. I even enjoy bullying you. A tragic homecoming on Star Trek The Next Generation. 
Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, family, of course, is the the uh, second episode of the fourth season, uh, where after he's gone through this uh, um, horrible thing with the Borg, where he's been uh, uh, put in the collective and, and for all intents and purposes sort of raped by the Borg and is sent home and has to deal with the repercussions of all this, he, he goes back to his vineyard on... Uh, in um, France, France, in France, and uh, we are from France, and 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 basically, uh, uh, his brother, who's very stern with him, uh, and 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 Robert. you know, has this cathartic moment as they wrestle in the mud right. of the vineyard at the end. It's very, very powerful to sort of see the facade of the great man sort of come down, and and from what I can tell. That episode seems to really presage Picard because we find him back in the vineyard um, uh, making wine, uh, you know. And And mud wrestling. And mud wrestling. (laughs) Well, you know, Generations uh, made the huge mistake of killing off his nephew and his brother, uh, played brilliantly by Jeremy Kemp, um, who passed away recently. Uh, And it's interesting because Family was an episode that no one wanted to do, Mm -hmm. that Michael and, you know, uh, really Ron Moore pushed through. um, And basically... Everyone was telling, no, no, the show has to be in space. Nobody wants to see a show set on Earth. They came up with this ridiculous story um, for um, Will Wheaton uh, because they they wanted a B story that at least had a sci-fi element to it. Originally, Remember Me, which is where Gates is dealing with the the crew disappearing, was originally the B story for family because they felt that they needed a sci-fi B story, a heavy sci-fi B story, um, if they were going to do this whole personal character story. And to me, family, the reason it works is like this great character story Mm -hmm. and it doesn't need all those other bells and whistles because the writing is so good and the performances are so good. And, uh, you know, uh, I remember at the time, back when I was writing for Cinefantastic, Rick would say, and that was always, we always got the lowest ratings with the repeats of that one. Uh, which I don't know says something about my taste because I love it. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite episodes of of Next Generation, and yet apparently it didn't work for a lot of people. But I thought it was the most nuanced and most realistic. I think that kind of tells you what kind of fans Next Generation has, though. Mm. And I'm not disparaging anyone's you know opinions about things, but I think probably a lot more original series fans like that episode because it has. You character know, development. Character development, <laughs> exactly. And it's not just sci-fi, shoot them up, right. you know. And, uh, you know, I'm not, certainly not painting that brush over all uh, Next Generation fans, certainly not. Um, but I think there is a difference in the types of fans and why, you know, different people are drawn to Star Trek. I think that's right. Um, and I think, look, I happen to love that episode, and I think it was the, it was the perfect... Um, it was a perfect follow-up to the Best of Both Worlds mm-hmm. two-parter. And not just in terms of, um, you know, following up on, you know, that sort of last image of Picard from Best of Both Worlds Part 2, where he's kind of staring out into space and you sort of understand that he's still very much affected by what's happened. And remember that the score at the end of that episode kind of very much suggested, um, you know, a certain um, melancholy to the captain that I thought was really interesting. And I, I was happy. That it didn't just all go away in the next episode, yeah. and I thought they really earned um, the ending of of family. I thought that the, you know it, there were times early in the episode when I thought the conflict between him and his brother um, was a was a little forced. But in rewatching it, and as we got to the end of it, 
it, it really made itself clear as to what that conflict was really all about. Um, you know, that it wasn't, you know, just like, you know, well, I decided to stay on Earth and take care of the vineyard while you went off into the stars. Right. You know, it really comes down to, um, you know, what happens after that fight in the mud. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like you've been so very hard on yourself, Jean-Luc. And it's just, it just kills you. It destroys mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a beautiful moment. Um, and I think it... To me, that probably, first of all, you know, by then I was long past uh, surrendering to the Ferengi. Um, but to me, that little that little story was definitive for Picard for me. Like any uh, thought I might have had of like, I wonder what the show would have been like with Captain Riker and Commander Shelby went out the window because, wow, that's just, I haven't seen that. And it really humanized him as a character. He wasn't just this... You know, and it's interesting because you can. I mean, I will look. We we all know we're we're huge original series fans. I can never see that happening with Kirk. You know, um, and uh, you know, it was right for the show. It was right for that character. Um, it happened at the right time, mm-hmm. um, and it, it really said, "Oh, May Fourth season is going to be." Came off a very strong third season. May Fourth season is going to keep that up, and they're going to keep pushing the envelope and the boundaries of what the show is. And ultimately, they didn't. Four four season really became about the techno mystery. I mean, yeah. the space anomalies and techno mysteries, and it, it never really lived up to um, what family promised. But uh, but it had so much goodwill. That so it was much okay. goodwill. Yeah, he was he was good in that. Yeah, goodwill, goodwill Riker, goodwill hunting. <laughs> um, so family is is certainly my recommendation for essential Picard. Ashley E. Miller. So I was I was here's tempted to go. Uh, yes, here's <laughs> the thing. <laughs> Miss Von Puttermaker, if you're <laughs> nasty, yeah, uh, I, uh, I was I was initially tempted to go a little out of the box on this, and say something like conspiracy, which was the first episode where I kind of felt like okay, Picard like really has some stones to him. You know what I'm Ooh. saying? But in light of the conversation that that we're having, right? Starting him at... If we're in, doing the essential Una Carapleides episodes, oh, I would... Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you've got to talk about Una Carapleides. Una Carapleides. Um, you know, given that we started him with uh, Encounter at Farpoint, where we've gone in family, I think it only makes sense to talk about all good things. Yes. Trapped in three separate realities, I'm moving back and forth putting the lives of his entire crew at risk. What you're asking for is impossible. The card must stop the greatest threat to mankind. Red alert! All crew to battle stations. In a deadly showdown with his most powerful enemy. Humanity's fate has been sealed. You will be destroyed. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Right? Because what a journey... Uh, gets completed there. Even like going back to the uh, going back to the vineyard. It's interesting to me that family takes place not quite in the dead center of the series, but but close enough uh, for government work. Right. <laughs> that you, if you just watched um, Encounter at Farpoint, family, and all good things, I, I think it would paint a really interesting picture hmm. of this guy. And I think that all those. I think the brilliance of all good things is that, as you've suggested, is that uh, it it makes all of those men that we see in those different stories um, fit together to feel like they're all the piece, like they're all correct, right? No matter what I thought of, you know, we surrender. If I'd seen that scene in, say, season five versus season one, I probably would have felt very differently 
about it. And so I can feel differently about it now watching all good things. Um, you know, the, the certainly the, the man who, you know, wants to project an air of geniality. Well, guess what? You know, maybe we should just give Will Riker credit for teaching Captain Picard how to project that air of geniality mm. and kind of chill out and um, and really bond with his crew like in a, in a meaningful way. I mean, it certainly wasn't planned out as a character arc, but by God, it actually works and it feels right and it feels good. Um, when you when you when you think about that series as a whole, it feels like Captain Picard has gone on this journey and family is the perfect linchpin for that, because what does Picard learn from the Borg experience other than humility? And wasn't that Q's argument to him and right. encountered Farpoint? Right. You're arrogant. Yeah. And he takes you us the further. No conception. No yeah. conception. And he learns. Right. I mean, that to me is what's fascinating. That's what I love about Captain Picard. That is why I desperately want my hopes and my excitement for the Picard series to be validated, to be um, delivered upon, uh, because that character means a lot to me. I mean, obviously, I love Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk is like my touchstone for so many things. Um, But there is just something about Picard that is so vitally human and I, I think the brilliance of all good things and why it was the mic drop for the next generation um, is because it brought all of that home and it and it and it gave us that in the context of a really compelling um, sci-fi story with cool action and great suspense um, and great character moments and moments. It was probably the best uh, next generation film. Mm. Even though it wasn't a film, agreed. My 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 biggest worry about um, you know the great thing about all good things is that even though it went back to Farpoint and went you know back to previous you know past, present, and future, it felt new, it felt fresh, it advanced the character, um, and 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 told you know my biggest worry about Picard is that it becomes greatest hits album, mm-hmm. you know, which is what everybody wants. You know, everybody wants. Um, you know, it's like oh, they don't want their favorite band to play the new 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 music. They only want them to play the hits, right? Right. So it's kind of even in that trailer, you see, oh, here's Picard, here's Data, here's Riker, here's Troy. Oh, they got a kid. You know, it's like oh, this is all like you know, it's like very Mary Suing. It's like everything you want to see, uh, and you know, I wanted to to break new ground. Right. And not to just be like, oh, I feel good because all these characters I loved back in the 90s are back and, you know, we're, we're getting to see it. We never thought after Nemesis we'd ever see them again. Like, isn't that cool? I don't want them just to, you know, uh, coast off the goodwill of Next Generation that, you know, it's earned over these last 30 years, but rather actually, you know, do something new and unexpected and cool. And, 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 and you know, that, that's my hope for that show, certainly. I, I agree with you. My, my encounter at Counterpoint would be... Um... <laughs> That when we've been talking about, you know, and uh, we talked about it at the beginning of this podcast, Star Trek the Motion Picture, 40th anniversary coming up. I mean, the excitement about Star Trek the Motion Picture leading up to it for me, okay, was was not about, wow, I cannot wait to see the story of Vijay. Because, dude, I read the novelization, okay? I was in. I got it. The excitement for me was I wanted to see those characters again. Right. Mm. Like I wanted to live inside of that fan service that we're worrying about right now. Now, I'm not saying a that Star Trek, the motion picture was just fan service, nor am I saying that that concern um, is wrong headed. It's not. I agree. I think that um, Picard, uh, the show would be best served by pushing the franchise forward. Mm -hmm. But 
I think the reason why we loved the movies, the reason why they, they, they took on value for us and we can love them in spite of their flaws in some cases, is because it was a, a family reunion. Mm -hmm. So if Picard merely succeeds as a series, as a family reunion for a few episodes, and that's it, um, I, I, I will thank it. I mean, I hope that it does more. I really hope that it does more. But if it can just, for me, at the at the very least, nail that sense of I get to see these people again, mm. you know, I, I I think it'll do for me what Star Trek: The Motion Picture did for me when I was, you know, uh, eight years old. Hmm. No, that's it. Look, that's a that's a legitimate point. And I mean, it's what's funny is though that Star Trek: The Motion Picture was. 10 only 10 years oh God, right. after the end of the original show right. it's 30 years since next generation right. debuted and it's what is it uh how how 20, long since nemesis 22 years since is nemesis really? something like that 22 years Maybe? since nemesis well, i'm not sure some but it's in that range yeah. so it's longer between now and nemesis oh, yeah. than it was between star trek the motion picture and the end of the original series. It might be longer well, than it was between Next Generation and the end of the original Star correct, Trek. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. There's Holy. only 20 years in between Next Generation and the original that's Star right. Trek. Wow, that's crazy to think yeah, about. Yeah, isn't that? It, yeah. it just goes to show how time speeds you know, up. The fire speeds in which we burn. Yeah, that's what it shows. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly right. Truer words have never been spoken. So, so what are a, a couple other in between these? Yeah, yeah. You know, so those are our three. three. Those are our big three. But um, you know, I would. I I know it sounds crazy, but I'm going to go for the really crazy uh, uh, pick. Um, Rascals. I Dude. I would agree. I that's would agree. Funny. And that's um, a show that I bet people don't watch a lot, and that they, they wouldn't think it's good. It's like the the crew. Uh, well, in this case, um, Picard, Ensign Rowe, and. Um, Guinan. And Guinan are turned into uh, younger versions of themselves. Right. And uh, brilliantly, his younger self is brilliantly portrayed. Um, and it sounds like it has all the makings of a train wreck. All three of the young actors They're are great. Am I crazy or was it the same actor who played his nephew also play him in Rascals? I, for some reason, I feel like there's some weird I, casting connection. I don't I don't know. Um, I don't know. I archivist? Don't, I'm no, Notice I'm not a... Yeah. TNG Trexpert. You're not a TNG Trexpert. Uh, I feel as though I'm. I might be correct, but if I am not be. correct, I hope that I am. I'm sure you will hear. I wish that I were. It's, it's a. This, uh, it's it's a super shot. fun but surprisingly yeah. effective episode uh, in terms of uh, looking inside the the. I agree. What's the name of that other episode where he's trapped in the turbo lift with the kids? Trapped in the turbo lift. Oh, I know kids. what you're talking about. That was really good. Oh my god, yeah. why am I blanking now? I, have I know no what idea. you're talking about. Yeah. Um I can like never... the ship had broken down yeah. and he was stu- was it wasn't Starship Mine. It was, it was Mine. Captain it was... Picard Day. It yeah. Was... Oh, was it Starship Mine? Because then he has to get out and like save the ship and be John McClane. I guess it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I think yeah. it is Starship Mine. Yeah. Which is like die hard I, on the Enterprise. I think of I think of those two episodes, uh um uh, Starship Mine and uh and rascals as sort of companion pieces. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Starship Mine is good. You know, Starship Mine 
was an attempt to make Patrick happy where he felt like he was sitting around doing nothing and, you know, you know he wanted to be the man of action. Mm-hmm. So they did this to indulge him. Right. But it actually is an example where it works. Yeah. It's, yeah, a, it's super fun. You got some cool aliens. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know he's running around being John McClane. But it's, 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 it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's fun. John McClane. Captain, Captain Picard <laughs> Day. Captain John McClane. That's really funny. Um, you know what? Obviously, we have to mention it, but I probably it would have been just as germane a pick as, as, uh, as, as a family is tapestry. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love tapestry. Struck by a lethal blow. He's in cardiac arrest. With little hope for survival, Picard journeys to the other side. Welcome to the afterlife, Sean. You're dead. Now Q offers him man's ultimate desire to change his own destiny. But will he alter the past to stay alive? I gave you something most mortals never experience. Or die on the operating table next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. In fact, I just saw a a tweet, uh, maybe it was this morning, that had tapestry is greater than sign inner light. Oh, I agree. You know with what? That. I totally in a agree. heartbeat. Also agree, totally. and especially as a Picard episode. I don't think I think the inner light is an essential Patrick Stewart yeah. episode. Yes, um, for the acting. Yes. Right, but as but a it's not about Picard. It's not Picard. No, yeah, tapestry is awesome. Yeah, that was just all about Picard. I mean, you know, and I don't necessarily agree with Ron Moore, but Ron Moore would say how you know Kirk started as the bookworm and in Starfleet Academy became the man of action, and how. With uh, uh, Picard, he started as the man of action and became the bookworm. And you know, I don't agree with his take on Kirk. Yeah, but 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 I do feel as though um, Tapestry is such an important episode in understanding the kind of person, you know, why Picard is the way he right. is. Uh, it's a great Q episode. It's a great Q episode, um, and the the scenes where we see the failed Picard, the the less Picard in his uh, in his teal uniform. Are, oh my God! Are so fun and yeah. and, and sad and yeah. sad, incredibly sad. Yeah, because he didn't he didn't have that moment where yeah. he stood up and yeah. and 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 was. It's, and it's took the action. Marty McFly moment. It totally is. It's totally Marty yeah. McFly. In in in, in absolutely. Yeah, that's that's so true. Great. It's just a great episode. Again, Ron Moore, another great yeah. Ron Moore episode. Uh, really, really effective. Or I should say, George McFly. George. Before <laughs> someone stops me. Yes, it was George McFly that changed because he punched Biff in the nose. And, you know, obviously, <laughs> Who Watches the Watchers, where Picard uh, they, they is worshipped as a god. I never Ray... watched that one. <laughs> you no, not watch Who Watches the Watchers? Uh, Ray Wise, uh, Ray Wise is Nantonkin, <laughs> sees, uh, the, the, you know, he, he's... After they accidentally kill no. him. No, oh, damn it. <laughs> you're thinking of Ray Walston. <laughs> I do it again. Not Ray Walston, Ray, Ray Wise. Wise. <laughs> I know. I... <laughs> yeah, we've been to the ship and they're talking about Picard and they, 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 they think Picard is a, a god and they were planet of atheists and suddenly they start to worship Picard. I mean, I have to say, <laughs> it's a, a better episode than Paradise Syndrome, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, my goodness. You know, I, I think it's a really, it's a really good episode. Uh, so anytime Picard is uh, in a courtroom, he said, stopping the fight before it's um, the drumhead. Drumhead's great. Sure. And great. One of the best bottle shows ever done. Yeah. Like, and, and, and measure of a man. Yeah. Measure because, man, you know, Patrick Stewart can give the crap out of a speech. But also those those were moments that really let the um, the intellectual side of Picard, the, the, the philosopher, truly emerge. Well, Instead of just kind of like repackaging it's blah, because, blah, blah. It's, it's because they're Kirk moments. Uh, that's true. True. 
You let him go. Why. You let him go full Shakespeare. Yeah. 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 Ever go full Shakespeare. That makes sense. I don't know, Commander. Do you? <laughs> the, the speech to Gene Simmons at the end of the drumhead. Not yeah. the one from Kiss, but the actress. Right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. We <laughs> want to rock and roll all night <laughs> and, and party uh, every day. All day. Why do I sound like church? <laughs> That's very funny. Um, but uh, yes, no, I mean, rock uh, and roll all night. Reasonably well aware to me, Commander. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let him do the imitations. <laughs> Let's let the Wookiee win. Uh, um, uh, other episodes, uh, which, you know, um, I'll, I'll ask you this great Patrick Stewart movie performances. Movie performances? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you mean in the Star Trek movies? Yeah. First Contact. No, no, no. I, in general, in the movies, because I would say, uh, you know, I think he's great in Excalibur, even though it's a small role. He's great in Excalibur. Lady Jane. How's that I've never for a seen, deep I've cut? never seen that one. I have. It's my wife's favorite movie, and it makes her cry every time. All right. But she got me to watch it by telling me that Patrick Stewart oh. was in it. <laughs> uh-huh. That's funny. Well, I the first time I, Lady uh, Jane. I, I noticed him, well, Dune. Yes, yeah, Dune, Gurney Halleck. Gurney Halleck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, they said you were dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and one you know, of three lines I, he has in the movie. I, I, and, and you know I, 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 what he's absolutely great in, Logan. Yeah, he is. Oh, he's yeah, so absolutely. great in Logan. He deserved a uh, Best Supporting Actor nomination. If you'd have that. fought one whit below your abilities, I'd have given you a good scar to remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Sorry, that's Dune again, for those who don't know. Uh, can you do him like Life Force? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll have to explode in blood. <laughs> Life Force is to- No, it's not. That's not. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess he's great in Life Force. It, well, he's... He, he's like, not Like so Force. many of the characters in Life Force, it's kind they of are... Not around. Other than Matilda they, May. They walk, yeah. They, they walk around and they say some things and you don't really notice them. Oh, yeah. I noticed Life Force. Well, of course yes. you noticed Life Force. <laughs> but I didn't notice Patrick Stewart. No, exactly. No. Um, I also think that, um, uh, you know, obviously he's really good in the X-Men movies. Yeah, he is. Oh, I sure. Mean, Absolutely. You know, he's, he's good in the X-Men movies. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, and look, we, we always have to note, uh, you know, how brilliant he is in I, Claudius. Always something that uh, if you haven't seen it, you should seek it out. L.A. Story. Oh, oh yes. my goodness. That's right. You cannot have the duck. You can have the chicken. He's actually playing a Frenchman there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah, has, yeah. actually has a French accent. He's, he's the very, major d'Elidios. Lidios. Yeah. He's Is very it the new cruelty funny. policy? Well, do you summer? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a very overlooked performance by Patrick Stewart. Absolutely. He's very funny in that movie. Very funny. You know. It's interesting. I've always thought that Patrick Stewart and Steve Martin are facially almost identical. If you look at pictures of them next to each other, You'll notice that they should do a buddy cop movie together. I think that would be hilarious. I, 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 I would go see that. Switched at birth. <laughs> Twins. We are two wild and crazy guys. <laughs> you know. Oh you know what? I, you know what else? He's, all, he's good. In, he's good in the Deep Space Nine pilot. Where yeah, he's confronting he uh, Avery Brooks. You know where he's he, especially at the end where he says, "You know, you don't want to be here. Fine, we'll transfer you." And Avery's like, "Oh no, I'll stay." Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's very much um, a whole card in a in yeah. a good way in yeah. that episode. Totally, and of course, Chain of Command we haven't talked about. Obviously, right? It's a great performance, although that's sort of a showy performance. Yeah, yeah. that that's that's for the actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, one yeah, for the. Yeah, actor. Yeah. That's an essential for Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Um, Q who 
I think. It's great. Because yeah. that is one time that, you know, I mean, as opposed to that we surrender to the Ferengi, right. we're just, you know, telling Q, like, you know, I, we've got nothing. Yeah. If, you know, if you want me to admit it, I'll admit you it. You were right. Yeah. You're right. I think yeah, it's also really perfect. good and attached, which was a seventh season episode where they sort of resolved the him and Gates uh, ro- oh, romance. Right, yeah. right, right, right. It was, kind of, was that like kind of the defiant ones? But yeah, yeah, yeah. They were yeah well, like, there were two. There was one in the first season, which was terrible, called Arsenal Freedom. Right, right. Um, which with Vincent Schiavelli as an arms dealer. Right, right. An alien arms dealer. But it, in Attached, it was, oh, you know what's really good? The one <laughs> not Attached. Uh, attached is good. That is the Defiant Ones with the two of them. Right. But um, the one where he has to send his girlfriend to her death, um, who's that great Australian actress, where he has, he, he, he's having this romance with this woman on board and then there's some kind of energy oh, oh, field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And um, he has to send her to her death. Is she the one that plays the rollout piano? She, well, she plays the flute or she's attracted to him because he plays the yeah, flute. They, they play music together. They play music together, right. right. Well, what is that episode? They all have such boring names. I that's can't the remember problem. the episode. They don't, that's yeah. my problem with, with Next Generation. The f- they yeah. all have either... The girlfriend who he plays the flute with. Either, you know either, what? In either that era, one, either it would have been called girlfriend. Names. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Girlfriend. Yeah. Girlfriend what, in a coma. What was that episode? Girlfriend <laughs> in a coma. Yeah, they wouldn't have the poetry of a Smith song. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, you, you wrote the book on it. D- don't I you know, wrote Mark? The book. Don't you know? <laughs> yeah, here, here's, here's attached to what I was talking about. Captain Picard and Dr. Crusher discover things about each other uh, when they are captured by opposing alien race due to the fact uh, that the Enterprise has come to allow the planet's other civilization the choice of being part of the Federation. Okay, maybe that is not as good as I remembered. Um, but what was this wonderful episode? Oh, the Pegasus was really good, yeah, too. Yeah, right? With, uh, you know, uh, um, you know Michelle Lee. Forbes and... Uh... Well, oh, Ensign Rowe. <laughs> Ensign Rowe was, great. Uh, was, was a great really good Oh, I was, I was thinking of the Battlestar Galactica episode, Pegasus, with uh, mm. Michelle Forbes. Oh, I, I, get, <laughs> I, I, get, I get the joke. Um, what was I? This is kind of insane, but the two-parter from seventh season. Gambit. Went, yes. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. just an original series episode. Yep. Yeah. It's so much fun. It's fun. It's yeah. just fun. Um, here I'm trying to find that episode Gambit that I really like. Mark you know, with a coward shame. No, that's something else. <laughs> you know what I kind of like too. Um, I kind of like uh, a Captain's Holiday until Me too. they actually get mm. to the story. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I love all the stuff with him loosening up and. You know, uh, Jennifer Hetrick. Yeah, right. He has all, great chemistry with her. He is great. Well, obviously, he had great chemistry. He ended up with <laughs> well, her for a while. Yeah. But uh, they, they, I think his marriage broke up because of her. But, uh, but he, so um, chemistry is a little too good. But I think that um, he, he was terrific in that with her. And um, uh, But then it gets into this the, the thing with the time crystal. or the, right. I, Then and it the turns into a sci-fi Ferengi. show. It's another one where they don't trust the premise, where they can just right. do the captain's holiday you know, and it suddenly... It's the, like, it's a Brady Bunch special where they go to Hawaii. It's totally that. Yeah. Right. It's totally that. Like, they go to Hawaii in the first... <laughs> it's really good until they meet Vincent Price. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like that with the, uh, you know... So many of my own personal stories start that way. Right. Honey, it was going so good, and then we met Vincent Price. And, you know, and it was exactly that, because, like, there's this really good episode going on with him on shore leave, you know, on Riza, and then suddenly they meet Vincent Price, these bumpy-headed aliens that are looking for some time thing. Right. So dumb. Uh, you, you know, you know, and I loved this is the episode lessons. 
Picard falls for the new head of the hmm. Stellar Science Services Department, but has feelings of misgivings when he's forced to assign her on a dangerous right. mission. And Wendy Hughes was the actress. Right. And they they had wonderful chemistry, age appropriate. Right. And it was... Uh, it was I just... think her name was Darren, actually. Oh, was it? I think it was. Wow. I should know this, but I don't. And I, you know, I loved his relationship with Norman Lloyd in The Chase, too, which is right. another fun Oh, I love The Chase. Um, and of course, you know, uh, Sins of the Father was a really good sure. moment Absolutely. for Picard, you know, standing up Absolutely. for Worf and all that. You know great. what isn't a good moment for Picard, in my, in my opinion? Anytime he's on the holodeck doing a Dixon Hill adventure. Because I think that's just, it doesn't fit with the character at all. Mm. Certainly not at the beginning, and certainly not as we have grown to know him. That's interesting because, of course, I like the big goodbye, but yeah, that's more too. because that's more because you love I'm a those fan kind of film films. Noir yeah. and I love Humphrey Bogart, so um, you know it's funny because I do like that, but yet I totally acknowledge wrong. what you're saying makes complete sense. Yeah, but well, I guess it's more about kind of a perception of who Picard is and what would interest him versus like whether or not right. it worked. Because, I mean, ultimately what I thought was fascinating about that episode was that it really was concerned with these characters suddenly becoming aware of the Sentient. fact that they were characters. Yes. And like, what do you say to them? Like, what do you do? And I thought that was a really great, like what, what, how he, how right, he contends dealt, with that is a great moment for they Picard. They dealt with that better in, in, Ship in a Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Yeah. Ship yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I love the idea in Big Goodbye of like, what happens when you realize yeah, it's you're, a good big science fiction but idea. They deal with it really well. And I think and it's, it's a really Renee Atkins Maria in, script in, yeah. in Ship in a Bottle, which uh -huh. is really good. Yeah. You know, and the whole idea of Moriarty finding out that he's a computer program yeah. and then basically taking over the ship right, and yeah. being Moriarty and, you know, Picard having and to deal with That's second season. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. That's, that's he was introduced like, in Elementary right, Dear Data, right, second, okay. which is not a great episode. No. Yeah. He, they spent all this money to create uh, uh, England, um, you know, uh, Sherlock Holmes, but they do nothing interesting with it. It was a super expensive episode. I remember Rob Bowman mm -hmm. talking about it. But it's shipping a bottle later on where Moriarty shows right. up on the Enterprise. Right. That, that That's the really good one. Yeah. Um, but Elementary Dear Data is not particularly good. It's like yeah. Pulaski and Data going into a Sherlock Holmes story. Talk about characters you don't right. get at all why that would be. Um, it's like everything you didn't like about the big goodbye except none of the things that were good. And it always right. made me crazy with the holodeck <laughs> because they would throw all this money at these big holodeck episodes. It's like throw money at planets. Right. I don't want to be on the Enterprise. Right. So instead they spend all this money like second season on you know a street in England for a holodeck episode rather than a street on – you know, some planet somewhere right. where they could do another planet show as opposed to being on Earth. But anyway. Uh, I think all of these episodes that we've brought up are nice little sections of Picard's Yes, character. it should prepare you for January. We've given you, there are plenty of ways to watch all these episodes. Uh, you know, our favorite way, of course, is to buy the beautiful Blu-ray uh, restored sets. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that's a great way to support Star Trek. Um, you know, by buying the Blu-rays, you can get them for the holidays right. fairly cheaply on They're Amazon. They're fairly cheap now as a complete set on Amazon. The special features by our friends uh, Roger Lay and Robert Burnett are brilliantly done and, mm -hmm. and, and worth every cent. You can't find those on the streaming services. And the restoration to HD is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Now, if you're too cheap or too broke to buy them, then you can watch them on virtually every streaming right. platform. Netflix, Amazon, uh, um, For now. Hulu, and CBS All Access all have Star Trek right. streaming 
uh, 24-7. Who knows how long that's going to last? That's true. Another reason to buy a physical media, right. uh, again, the best presentation. They look better, yep. they sound better, and they have the, the, the bonus features. It's better for you. It's better for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, this was great. See, it's we can fun. talk about uh, Next Generation. We, we just need a little more backup, but everything's okay. Yeah. We, 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 we could have used somebody in the force in the empty seat. Right. Yeah. I feel like Spock is missing. It's like I'm looking at the chair. It's like the empty chair on the bridge. Sir, you better get down here. <laughs> Rob stayed at his post when the, the trainees ran. The, the nameless Next Generation fan is missing. Uh, but, guys, this is great. So thank you uh, for joining us for uh, another episode. Ashley, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having um, me. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you may want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts like the 430 Movie every Friday, The Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast every Tuesday, and Best Movies Never Made every Monday. If you enjoyed this every podcast. Every other Monday. Every other Monday. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And a very, very special thanks to uh, Bill Ritter and everyone here at Electric Surge Network, including producer Natalie Miscali, who we couldn't do the show without. Uh, Bill, favorite Picard episode or, or essential Picard episode? You watch them on MeTV every week. Uh, you know, I like one of them where he's at the, at the vineyard, but I think it's a Q episode. Maybe you talked about it. Uh, oh, it's probably, probably uh, the all finale, good all, all good things. things. Yep, that's all good things. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's a second vote for all good things. Our winner! All the winner is all good things. <laughs> you didn't know it was a competition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again, uh, thank you everyone here, especially Dean Devlin, without whom the show would not be possible. And you, the audience, uh, because otherwise, why would we be doing this in a vacuum? We, we probably still would be. But it's nice to it's know nice to have you there are tens of thousands, approaching hundreds of thousands of hundreds you listening of out there. So See, billions and billions of people listening in the vacuum of space. Um, it would only be a four-minute podcast in the vacuum of space. That's about as long as we could survive without oxygen. I, you wow. want to find out how long you can survive without oxygen? You want to yeah. say a very long <laughs> arm? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, what do we say at the end of the show? Oh, what's the tagline? Uh, Thank you for joining. No, what what is it? Um, I'll keep on trekking. Ingloriously, of course. Shh. The end. Engage. Engage. Thank you. This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.